This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook and at trevorjamesflutes.com. Hello and welcome this week to Talking Flutes Extra with me, Jean-Paul Wright. Now, I have a real treat for you today because silently hiding on the other end of a microphone, a few thousand miles away in New York at a very ungodly hour is, the, <laughs> you can hear a giggling there, is the one and only Elsa Nielsen. Elsa, good morning. Good morning, Jean-Paul. Thank you for having me. And yes, it is early. It's like nine. Yeah, for a jazz player, this is the middle of the night for you, isn't it? Actually, you're not a jazz player, but we'll talk about that later. But if you had your, if you had your jazz head on, this would be middle of the night, wouldn't it? For a New York musician who lives an hour from anything, it's a little early after being out late, but that's okay. Well, I'm honoured. I'm honoured you get up so early. Oh, for you, I would, of course. Oh, it says it all really, Elsa. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you, how are you doing? It's been a while. It's been, as you, it's been about 12 months, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. I know you've been really, good. really busy, and we're going to cover quite a few of the things that you've been busy with yes. in this, in this catch-up, which we're going to share with everybody online. Yay! Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa, now, you're the, um, do you know you're sounding more American than Swede nowadays? I know, I know. It makes me a little sad, but that's, when I go back to Sweden, I my accent comes back and they don't tease me too much about how much Swedish I've forgotten. Yeah, that's a point. Does your Swedish, do you have a Swedish accent that is completely um, alien to the Swedish person you're talking to? Or do you go back um, into a normal Swedish accent? When I speak Swedish, it takes me about a day or two to just sound completely Swedish. But I've never had, I've never had a Swedish accent in English because my mom is from California. So I grew up speaking both English and Swedish at the same time. Right. So are there different accents? Like in, if you go around the UK or go around America, oh, yeah. there's different. Oh, the same in Sweden as well. Oh, yeah. Um, if I speak Swedish to a Swedish person, they will know basically what neighborhood I'm from within three sentences. Good grief. Because I, I have a very regional and specific to Gothenburg accent when I speak Swedish. Ah. Which but... just tells them that my dad was a fisherman and I'm working class. <laughs> is that what it says oh yeah do you know i'm not i'm not a great lover of that that um social stigmatization through accents you know i have a bit of an issue with that because you know you can be from london you could talk like that you know and all right how you're doing a bit like ray winston and be highly successful uh -huh. or you can be frightfully frightfully posh you know and it has implied intelligence because of the the nouns and the consonants and the vowels that you use you know it really should bear no difference to how you're judged should it uh, yeah, absolutely. And that sentiment goes to most things, I think. It, it does, doesn't it? And it's just, it's a shame that accents that you're pigeonholed. But anyway, we, we digress, my dear. We I don't digress. know if we do. I think we'll come back to that. <laughs> uh, knowing you, we'll come back to that, Elsa. Yes. Right. I like thematic development. <laughs> nomadic development yes right the main reason we're having a chat is you have a new album out i do i'm very excited about it so am i tell me all about it okay yeah um where are you gonna start from <laughs> what's it called 
It's called Hindsight. The first tune is also called Hindsight, the first tune I wrote for the project. And what that was, was I was um, the day after the 2016 presidential election, all of my students canceled. And usually I teach, like at the time I was teaching seven or eight students a day and they all canceled because they were like, we can't deal with the world today. And so I was home alone practicing because that's what I do when I'm upset about something and just feeling crushed and completely lonely and completely like we have messed up on such a grand scale and there's nothing we can do now it was it was a very dark and all is lost type of day and uh, my the reason I was alone at home is because my husband and the guitar player in my band were both playing a gig with with the bass player in my band. And so they were all at this gig and I was like, I can't, I don't want to go to Manhattan. And Jeff, my guitar player, stopped in front of the Trump Tower and sent me these clips of just thousands of people out in the street yelling at the tower. And I watched them and immediately just like put my flute down and started writing. And hindsight, the song is the one that came out of that. And what it was was like, Yes, things are hard right now, but I'm not alone and we're not alone and people are showing up to, to say something about this. So maybe like there's, there's a version of this that could wake us up to some things that we've been ignoring. So did that, and then, did that tune, did that theme, did the energy come from that video? Did it come straight away or did you have to sit down and contemplate and the creativity sort of feed in gently? No, no, it was it was kind of like throwing up onto a page. Crikey, that quickly! Oh yeah, um, I de- I I would be surprised if it took me more than ten minutes to write that. Did you notate it, or did you um, just put it down on a track? I notated it, and we did a lot of like. Once I started bringing it to the band, we did some adjusting and some like figuring out how to actually express the thing that needed to be expressed through the tune. But I've I've always written music like it's my diary. This was different because it didn't just feel like mine. Previous records have been very personal, very like, this is what I'm experiencing right now. And this was like, this is a collective experience. This is thousands of people that are in this space together. And that's what was really interesting to me to explore musically, the idea that we have these movements, we have these political movements, we have these social movements, and they feel a certain way to be in. Like when you're on the street with that many people there is a physical sensation there's a community sensation there's like this very specific way that the air feels and that is part of what i wanted to capture so because that's what was bringing me hope that's what was making me feel better right so you're on the streets you can make a political you can make your voice heard you can make your voice heard in many ways by by vocalizing it or by sending emails or by um, getting involved online socially. But how would you do it using a flute as that tool? <laughs> um, because I haven't seen this before. I, haven't done, I don't think I've yeah. heard it either. The flute being that, that moment in time where you felt, I've got to do something. Yeah. For me, music is, is my most genuine expression. So the idea of using music as a tool, or a, not tool, as a process to express these things and to 
create something that does express what I'm feeling around the issues and why they're important. And it just felt really, really natural. I guess, and I, also, I, I guess sorry, I, I guess the reason yeah. I'm asking this is the flute can be such a tranquil instrument, such a beautiful instrument. It can. But, it, it but in that moment, be. there was a, obviously a lot of angst coming out, wasn't there? So yeah. how did that manifest itself on the, on the page? It's more, it's more in the approach than on the page. Like when, Got you. Yeah, then the notation is, notation is notation. There's only so much you can communicate through written music, I think. It's more like what's behind, what you put into the notes you play is what translates to the listener. Yep. The page is a skeleton. That's just the outline. Yep. So what I was trying to do in terms of flute playing, I've been thinking a lot for years about how to make the flute fit in a louder context. Mm-hmm. Because like what you said, flute is a very tranquil instrument. It's a very calm instrument. It's pigeonholed into this idea that it's pretty. Yep. And you've that's got, you've all got it. it is. You've got it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it absolutely is a beautiful, tranquil, calm instrument, but I think that diminishes it. I think that it's more than that, and it can do anything that an electric guitar can do. And part of how I've approached getting that sound out of the flute is pedals, mm-hmm. but that's kind, of, that's kind of icing on the cake to me. More of it is just like, how do I work on articulation how do i work on phrasing how do i get my time feel to have the impact that Jimi hendrix does or that yeah because you're talking about a totally different vibe a totally different yeah. way of phrasing uh which is i wouldn't say totally opposite to the flute but it is a completely different way of thinking isn't it yeah that is very interesting and very exciting to me to explore just the idea that an instrument is in and of itself neutral it's what we choose to do with it that defines the sound of it oh i like that and that sort of goes back to how i started this with pigeonhole the flute as a, a beautiful yep. tranquil <laughs> instrument <Yeah. laughs> I, I did i did know that that was not off topic to where we were going <laughs> and elsa being elsa always likes to take you never take a straight course you go from a to b you like to explore around the edges and it sounds like this album is going to be exploring that sort of in a very deep way so obviously taking a multi-layered approach aren't you yeah to me it doesn't feel like being around the edges i I understand not not for for you because you're in on it weren't you from the beginning for other people they're going to take a little while to get to grips aren't they with the flute actually being played differently yeah and i i hope they're okay with it to me what i'm doing with the instrument is the deepest sign of respect for the tradition, both the jazz tradition and the classical tradition and flute playing tradition, I'm not breaking, I don't feel like I'm breaking tradition in any way. I feel like I'm doing my most genuine version of respecting what's come before me. Yeah, and I would say that what you're doing here is equivalent to probably what Greg did for beatboxing, Greg Patillo. And he, yeah. didn't, he didn't respect flute, he didn't disrespect flute playing. He just took it no. on a different way, uh, maintaining the flute being the flute. So it sounds like you're going to do exactly the same. Yeah. And even with the political messaging and music, that's not new either. No, absolutely that's, not. <laughs> I mean... Go back to Dylan. Even further, Coltrane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Coltrane, yeah. Like, there is there is such a rich tradition of this, and particularly with instrumental music, because it's abstract. With vocal music, you have the ability to have a concrete message in the lyrics but with instrumental music you're describing a feeling yeah and that 
that to me is really powerful because I'm not trying to convince anyone. I'm not trying to be like, this is the only way to view this issue. I'm being, I'm just saying this is an issue and this is how I'm experiencing the issue. This is how my band is experiencing the issue. And I want to pay, I want to create these things as an act of solidarity with the people who are directly affected. If it's not an issue that is one that you'd think affects my daily life, it still does. Even if it's, you know, I have one chant on there. I built a song around Black Lives Matters, and I'm a white girl. That doesn't mean I don't get to care. That Absolutely, doesn't mean that I yeah. don't have a place in that conversation. And if anything, I have a responsibility to step up and to, to speak out when, in any way that I can about all of these issues, even if it's not necessarily obvious that I should care. Well, no, we should all care. Uh, yeah, Black Lives Matters. It's not just for the black community to stand up and shout that message. It is for I mean, all creeds, all colors to say the same thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's true with a lot of the things that we're facing culturally with immigration and with, you know, in the U.S. with gun control and with gender issues. And like it all it all comes back to that thing of we are being separated and we are being everything is so extreme. And it's such an us versus them and an other and that is super problematic to me. And that is where instrumental music can fill that gap, where if, if I create something that is entirely genuine, the listener can see themselves in that. And maybe through acknowledging their own humanity in an unexpected place, my hope is that that builds the muscle of empathy for other people as well. But it has to start internally. If you can't empathize with yourself, if you can't see beyond, again, beyond the expectations and the, like, the flute only being pretty. Mm. Or, like, I've been yelled at on stage that same thing. Of when I've played this music, I had, one time I had an audience member um, yell, who cares, when I was talking about one of the pieces. And then he yelled, you're beautiful, don't worry about it. I'm like, well... Because I'm pretty, does that mean I don't get to have an opinion? Like, these are not, all of these definitions we put on everything are completely arbitrary. So each track has a social responsibility, doesn't it? Uh, at yes. its root, at its core, and really intertwined through every note and every chordal structure that the band have put together. Yes. And it's not just mine. Like I brought these songs to my band and we change them together. Yeah, how was that process? Because they, the ba- your band was obviously weren't prepared for what you were going to bring to them, were they? Oh, no, they know me. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, you've done everything from folk to jazz to you've, you've really sort of explored areas, but this is, it, it, this is very sort of in your face, isn't it? Yeah, I got a new distortion pedal specifically for this record. <laughs> Uh, oh cracking a new distortion pedal yeah it sounds awesome i love it well elsa elsa give yeah let's listen to a track shall we or let's listen to a part of a track let's do now from the whole hindsight album which one are you going to choose and for what reason and what should our listeners be considering when they just listen to this little excerpt i think we should listen to hindsight first okay um, and what I want, what I want you to listen for is just how it makes you feel. I want, I want people to hear themselves in the context of the world. At the end of the track, there is a section where 
we all play the rhythm. We start together and then it falls apart. And what that rhythm is, is the rhythm that happens when thousands of people chant, this is what democracy looks like. Wow. And what I was trying to do in that moment is just like capture the sound on the street, capture what it feels like to be on the street with people chanting, but they're so far away from each other that it kind of goes, you can't stay together. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I've never called my audience ladies and gentlemen, Elsa. So this must be a first. (laughs) Welcome to the formal version of this podcast. Yes, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. this creature on the phone yeah Yeah. go ahead yeah do you know i actually apologize on that because you're making a very good point and you've really defined how people should listen to this and put themselves in that position so Mm -hmm. for you all now we have hindsight hope you enjoy it Elsa, I wasn't expecting that at all. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you've done it again, haven't you? You've really done it again. You've taken the flute into a completely different dimension and you've married and intertwined the messages. And the fact that you've actually you got us all to think about something and our position in society whilst we're listening, when you get to the end bit, I totally got it. Thank you. Yeah, this this whole process, it started it started about me. It started about just being upset about the world. But every time I bring this, like I brought it to my band and it became arts and I started playing it in New York and it became the rooms. Like the reaction to this music has been this thing that goes way beyond, way beyond what I expected it to. And also made me feel like I'm not alone. I wrote this to not feel alone and it's working. Has so your, I hope other people can get that. Has your audience become more cross-cultural? Yes. Now that can only be important and that can only be good. Yes. Um, I think, again, that's a distinction thing of like, you go to certain jazz concerts and it's very homogenous. The audience is very homogenous yeah. in classical concerts too. And I think we all need music. It's a human thing. And just my music can be very difficult to play. It can be difficult to analyze. I don't use key centers. I don't use traditional time signatures. Oh, but none I, I of can it is, attest to that, yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> none of it is because of me trying to be complicated. It's just how I hear things. A lot of the time when I write stuff, I actually write it down and like, wait, no, that's wrong. And then I have to fix it because I got my own time signature wrong. You've always made sure that you've been Elsa. You haven't tried to copy anybody. You haven't tried to no. mimic. You haven't no. tried to play something like others. And when you've gone into a different genre, as you do quite regularly, you find your own space, don't you? Yeah. Space is the operative term there. Genre is another definition. Absolutely. But space is... is this, is, this it, space is... It's, it's, where you, it's, it's, it's where you find yourself, and you, then you navigate yourself within that, don't you? Yeah. And that, to me, is the power of all of this, is that if I'm in that space, it invites the listener to go into that space within themselves. You know, I left the silence in there just to let people that hang, just that, that <laughs> thought hang with them. Elsa, where, where can our listeners find this wonderful album? It is on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, it's all over the place. I'm also releasing, I did this thing where every track is about an issue, right? Yep. So I reached out to video artists who are directly linked to the issue the track is about. Fantastic and asked them to create something. I gave them zero instruction. I told them what the song is about for me and told them to just create a companion piece. Um, so I'll be releasing one of those a week between February 21st and April 7th. Um, so if you look at my YouTube page, those will be coming and you can listen to the whole record right now on Spotify. Right. So or you can buy us, it. Yeah, or buy to, it as you know, well. Offer money. Give us all the details, <laughs> Elsa. Give us all the links. All the links. Yeah. You can buy it through my label, which is Bumblebee Collective. Yeah, I love that. .com. Once you once you're there, look for Elsa Nilsson. All the stuff is on there. You can get it through iTunes, but the Bumblebee Collective means that the order comes to me and I will ship it myself and I'll probably write you a thank you note because I like to do that. Oh, we'll have to do that. It's always nice getting yeah. something with your signature on it, Elsa. Ah. Oh, so all I can say is bloody well done. <laughs> thank you, Jean-Paul. <laughs> Out of all the flute players I know, you're the, probably the one that would have attempted this. 
and would have gone off on this journey? Because I know you're, you're very passionate about issues. And when you're passionate about something, you get very creative. And this is obviously how it's come out. Thank you. So wonderful. Congratulations, my lady. Thanks, Ron Paul. Right. I'm very excited about it. Okay. Right, El- Elsa, tell me about your new job. My new job is I am teaching rhythm at the new school. Rhythm. Now, this is really interesting because this ties in with this wonderful, wonderful book of yours called Between the Beats. I'm actually teaching my book, yeah. Um, yeah and that makes that makes logic because if you haven't right. if you haven't seen this book or you haven't got it you've got to go and get it because it's <laughs> it no it's just because it gets you to look differently at a note yes that is my intent with the book and getting to teach it at new school is really incredible because what i'm doing there is i'm teaching the book but i'm also i'm showing my students how to do that process for themselves which is what i tried to do in the book but in person, it's so much easier because I get to actually help someone find their own place in rhythm. Yes, because what, you, as you point out in your book, rhythm isn't about one, 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 two, one, no. two, three. And the book is called Between the Beats because that's where rhythm actually is. Yes. It's, again, space yeah, and that, how you manipulate space. Yeah, and that's the bit, I think, flute players, but musicians in general, we sort of struggle with that space, that sort of momentary silence, which is key to anything you're trying to portray to the audience. One of my favorite um, analogies for this is thinking, thinking, what, six-dimensionally about music. Oh, here we go. Six? Uh, Yeah. Only you could have six, I'm trying to picture it. Only you. No. I mean, yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) But if we think about if we think about it in terms of music theory, right, the way that we're taught in school about music, music consists of three things. There's melody, harmony and rhythm. Mm-hmm. Right. In terms of our role as flute players, we think we play melody and then we sit up in that stratosphere and that's the only thing we connect to and the only thing we listen to. Yep. But the thing is, if we don't connect to the rhythm, what we play doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't fit in with the music everyone has to follow us instead of us creating something together and the thing about rhythm that's magical to me and why I love teaching it is because it's the part of music that lets us breathe together and as flute players we all know how important breath is so it's almost poetry of the beat you know when you hear poem when it's got a, a definitive beat it's Ab- um, yeah yeah it's that flexibility but you can hear it and you get drawn into it yes and that's that's actually one of the things that's hard for me going to NFA yeah is I miss hearing that because the focus is so much on the melody that both harmony and rhythm kind of, I, I just, I miss it when I'm there. Yeah, that's really interesting, being a flutist that you are. Yeah. And you, you know, it, it, when you go to a big flute convention like the NFA every August, it's true, you hear the melody, obviously, yeah. and in an accompanying format with either an orchestra or pianos or strings or whatever. But it's true, you just hear melody. And you focus on melody. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel, again, that's, that is making a distinction and creating a expectation of a box to live in. Mm. And yeah. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> yeah, you never have. You <laughs> never have, no. Um, but that's like, these are the things that I'm talking about in my class at New School and in the book is how do we, how do we as melodic instruments exist inside of the music instead of on top of the music how do we build the ability to have a relationship to rhythm 
that means that we are communicating with every part of what we're playing the whole time. Yeah. That it's not like we're not the flutist. We are the musician. Yeah. Now this isn't an ethereal concept. I've, I've read your book and it, it is true to book and it makes complete sense. It make it transforms what you're trying to portray and it gets the audience not only to listen to the, the melodic side, but also mm-hmm. you, 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 again, you draw them in because you're, you're taking note of not only that one note, but also the bits within. Yes. And you breathe together that, that part, like, that sentence to me is very important because if you if you're breathing together as an ensemble if you're feeling the rhythm together that gives the music that flow which then allows the it sucks the listener in because it creates a sensation in the room for everybody that we're together you're almost a a springsteen flutist aren't you (laughs) maybe i'll take that as a very lovely compliment thank you (laughs) <laughs> this this project it's just it's very it's very springsteen um it, it yeah because you've got your guitar you've got the political messages you've got the passion behind it and i, I love the fact that you're a female doing it and i think that's that's great and that's <laughs> you know we need more of these yeah and there's more coming yeah but the next one won't be the same will it of course not <laughs> no that's that's not that's not the point. I'm also talking, there's more artists coming. There's more female artists doing creative outside the box work. And every time I see it, it makes me very happy. It does. Cause the future whilst the, the, the classical well, genre, as we put it is, mm-hmm. is the foundation of what you know, flute players do. The future never stands still. And no. the exploration of new sounds, new passages, new ways of doing it, new thought process, new creativity, we have to open our eyes to it. Because if we don't, you know, if, we, if our mind isn't like a parachute, always open, we'll just crash yeah. down and we won't move forward as individuals. Or we'll, we'll just exist in an echo chamber. Yeah. Which if that is, it's very comforting in there. You can, you can see the parts of the world that supports your worldview and you can stay in there, but the rest of the world is really beautiful. It is. You're missing a lot if you only look at the things that support how you already see the world. And what you've done is instead of being in the echo echo chamber and playing the flute like you've always played it, you've decided to jump out of it and say, hi, this is the real world. I'm actually going to be passionate about the causes, what I believe in, how I'm seeing things. And hey, guys, take it on board. Yeah. There's lots of other people that have done it, as you say, from Coltrane, Dylan, Springsteen, and there's so many more musicians, but not flute players. And it's almost so you don't expect it of flutists. Which makes it even more fun to do. Yes. I, I, that's one of my favorite things in terms of how, how I like to move through the world is to very kindly but very directly not live up to people's expectations. <laughs> Oh, you do. When everybody meets you, you're such a lovely person. And then for this to come out, you think, wow, <laughs> this has come out from somewhere. Yeah. But I'm also doing headstands at NFA. Like, Yeah, that's gosh, you always do headstands, don't you? That's, I know, um, that's, right? <laughs> again, that's an odd thing for flute players to do. I can't play upside down yet. I'm working on that. <laughs> Will there ever be a day where we can see you and Melissa together on an album? I, or? I would love that. I would love that. 
I'll talk to her about it. Melissa Keeling, everybody. Yeah. The, uh, Melissa Keeling is a wonderful human and a beautiful artist. If you haven't heard her, go check her out. Yeah, absolutely. So because you, you two ladies, does it matter the ladies? Well, it does because in this world that is largely driven by male artists and it's still, I mean, there's lots of obviously female artists around, but yeah. I think it's great that you guys are pushing the boundaries and and yeah. when I say boundaries, it's only a boundary as defined by having a flute in your hand. You've already said you you jumped out the echo chamber, so there is no boundary. Right. But where are you going to push it next? I mean, the sky's the limit, really. Yeah, I'm going to go what, with what interests me. Right now, I'm actually writing a mostly notated piece for string quartet, two upright basses, flute and bass clarinet and two voices. God, that's a weird combo. It's going to be so fun. I think it's the bass clarinet that uh, got me. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> a, bull, it's a, bu- it's a bullfrog, isn't it? <laughs> bom, it's bom, the most bom, beautiful bom. bullfrog. <laughs> One bom, of my favorite sounds. Bom, 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 ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa. You know, you know I'm going to make something do that now. <laughs> yeah, go bomb. I'm going to notate what you just did. Rub up, yeah. rub up, rub up, rub up. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Giving uh, me ideas, Jean-Paul. <laughs> Oh, I, I just, I'm just completely daft, you know that. <laughs> Are you going to NFA this year? What's that? Are you off to the Dallas this year? Um, Probably. I have not quite decided yet. It depends on what happens in my life between now and then. Do you know, that's what's great about you. You live completely and totally in the present moment. <laughs> and do you know... I try. W- yeah, and obviously with our happy flutist site, it's all about living in this present moment. And I think... You know, you've always lived in the present moment. You've always thought, you know, you're going to enjoy yourself now. You're going to make creativity now. And always remember your, um, when you won the NFA Jazz Artist Competition and you just went off on one. And uh, when I said, what was that? And you just said, well, I played in the moment. Yeah. I was in the <laughs> moment. That is, that is the essence of, like, that to me is the essence of my art form, of what jazz is, is it's not about the licks or what tunes you know or like how many scales you can play. It's about who you are on your instrument. And in order to do that, you need to know a lot of information to be able to express that. But the information is not the important part. The, the ability to be present with yourself and with your instrument when it's needed. Once that note's come, it's gone. And you need to yeah. move on to the next one. You, you can't stay with it because then you're lost. Like, I'm, that's not a metaphor. That's literally, you'll get lost and not know what the band is playing. Yeah, if you're well, thinking about what you're playing. Yeah, well, the, with, with your band, they're very, very talented musicians. It's, it's, it's a case of having them having to be with you as well as you with them because it's very complex, yeah. some, of the, some of the stuff you're playing. It's also, it's also very open in a way where if my sensation of playing with my band with that quartet is... I know that if I run off a musical cliff, they will either follow me or they will catch me. And either way, we will land together. But there's going to be moments where it's like, oh, what's happening here? And that actually, that is a beautiful metaphor for democracy to me, for like the political moment we find ourselves in is if we can trust each other, we can navigate these situations and actually see each other in them instead of being like, you're right and I'm wrong and this is the only right way to see things. Yep, you, it's, but, not, it's not jumping off a cliff. Everybody will catch up. Yeah, it's it's the ability to stay fluid and stay with what's actually in front of you, what's actually happening in the world. And on that note, 
Elsa, oh, it's just it's always wonderful and enlightening for me to to speak with you, either in person, either over coffee, or I don't think we've had a yeah, we've had a beer, haven't we, in New York, or oh yeah, or via via Skype as we're doing at the moment. Yeah. So it's it's always wonderful to uh, to catch up with you, and I strongly you recommend too, everybody as a look at hindsight, and also this Between the Beats book. Well, where can people buy yes. Between the Beats? Is it on Amazon? It is not. It is also on the Bumblebee website, and you have a couple copies in London, right? I I have one here, but it must be at uh, the shop in London. But yes, yeah, you can all, all you, flutes plus um, also the Flute Center of New York has a few copies. Oh, fantastic, Elsa! Until we meet again, you can actually go and enjoy your day now. <laughs> I'm Any- going to go practice. <laughs> Anything planned apart from practice? Um, yeah, I'm practicing and teaching today. It'll oh. be nice. Thank you so much for having me. It's always wonderful to talk to you. Well, it's my pleasure, Elsa. And, you know, may the rest of the week be beautiful and may your C-sharp be incredibly in tune. (laughs) Same to you. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for joining me this week and Elsa. And look forward to speaking to you again soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.